Well, good morning. It's great to be with you and thank you so much for joining us. We're going to be looking this morning at, um, at the theme of confidence during chaos. I'm going to break into the series that we've been looking at as a church, um, Kingdom Normal, and um, just want to speak about difficult times and how we can navigate through those difficult times. Confidence during chaos. My um, verses that I'm going to read from are John chapter 16, verses 32 to 33. Verse 33 is probably one of my favourite verses in the New Testament. And uh, I'm reading from the NIV and it reads like this. Uh, A time is coming, says Jesus, and in fact has come when you'll be scattered. Each of you to your own home. You will leave um, me all alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. And then this is the verse that we're going to concentrate on this morning. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Confidence during a time of chaos. You know, uh, we're living through challenging times and uh, it it would appear even at this second lockdown, um, it, it seems to have an even greater effect as the time has gone by. That that goes without goes probably goes without saying. And uh, I want to speak into that um, from this these verses and share some hope that Jesus shares with his friends at that time, which is just as relevant to you and I today. And really look at um, bringing a, a sense of hope and support to to you and to members of our church that are watching as well. Jesus is speaking there of a time of trouble. In verse 32, he says, a time is coming and in fact has come when you'll be scattered each to your own home. You'll leave me alone, I'll be abandoned, and, uh, but I'm not alone, I'm with my father. It was a time of trouble for him. He would be brutalized and crucified. And while he was being crucified, the disciples would be scattered and terrified. And uh, it's like a bowling ball had gone down the alley and scattered everyone everywhere. And uh, it was a real period of chaos. You can't even imagine at that time what it was like. And uh, their world was coming to an end. And Jesus speaks into that uh, moment and uh, he, he, he um, shares a message of transformation. And during a time of terrible trouble and turmoil, he shares a message of transformation. And in verse 33, he says, I've told you these things that, uh, so that in me you may have peace. Uh, In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. A message of transformation he shares with them. Three things that I want to just focus on just for a few moments from that verse 33 in this message of transformation. He gives a word of comfort, he, he gives a word of confirmation, and he also shares an amazing word of conquest. And uh, each one of those um, uh, points in in that verse uh, fit together and uh, we'll look at that in the next few moments. A word of comfort, first of all. He says, I have told you these things so that in me, Jesus, you may have peace. Do you you note that? You see that there? He says, in me, you may have peace. In Jesus, you may have peace. You know, it's as we turn our face to face his presence, to move away from the problem and to face his presence that we're in a place that we can then face the problem. I don't know about you, but very often, and it's quite normal in my life, when there's a problem, when there's a difficulty, a challenge, life is getting a bit chaotic, there's, 
I'm in turmoil. Uh, it's, it's the turmoil, the problem that, that takes my view. But he says, in me, you will have peace. And so what he's asking us to do is to, to face him. It's when we face his presence and see his face that I'm able to face my problems. And this is what he's saying. It's an incredible word of comfort during this time of challenge. And the key for our lives, and I've said this uh, on maybe a number of occasions, is this, is that we make our peace with God. When we make our peace with God, we're in a position to experience the peace of God in and through our lives. And uh, we make our peace with God by living for God. And God calls us to repent. The word repent literally means do a U-turn in my heart and thinking. If I'm living for myself, doing my thing without care in the world and having God in my life, he says, repent. In other words, turn and start to do a U-turn that says, I'm going to live for God. I'm going to care God. I'm going to look to you. I'm going to give you my life. And that's what the word repent means. And when I repent and turn to him and ask him to forgive me and accept his love through his son, Jesus Christ, I'm then in a position to relate, to relate to God, to know God as a father, uh, to know his love, his grace, his presence, his goodness, his forgiveness, his hope, his healing. And um, you'll experience then his peace. When we know his presence, we'll know his peace. And this is what Jesus is saying. You may know my peace. And you know, for you and I, and if you're a Christian today, it's to practice his presence every day. And we need to relate every day so that we know his peace for that day. You know, I could, you could say, well, I remember the day I became a Christian. I related at a point in my life. But what about today? What about this moment? Life looms large and takes our view and circumstance comes our way and distractions come. But he wants us to look to him. And when we begin to look to him, an amazing thing happens. We begin to receive his peace. Not only is it a word of comfort, it's the second, it's a word of confirmation. In this world you will have trouble, he says. He confirms something that the disciples would experience. And it's this, that bad things can happen to good people, all sorts of people. It's, it's, the, it's life. And, and at times uh, in life we will have trouble. And uh, that, that goes for Christians as well as non-Christians. Why? Because life, this age, has a sense of brokenness to it. It's a beautiful world. There are so many good things in our world, and yet there is a brokenness to our world. And this has come about when human beings, Adam and Eve, mankind, rejected God, turned their back on God, and that put a divide. There was a break between the, our relationship with us, uh, with God. And this brings brokenness. Theologians call it the fall. It's when we begin to live for ourselves without God. That's called sin, not God in my life. And um, the sin of self brought a brokenness. It broke our relationship, but also broke the universe. It, it brought a breakage. And this is where decay sets in and, and circumstance and trouble uh, comes in. And so even with the Christian faith, Jesus warns and says, look, confirms, there will be trouble. Uh, at, at times. Um, and so you and I are saved um, out of this world. If you're a Christian, you're, you're from darkness to light. And yet I do live in this world. And there's a brokenness to this world. It's not yet fully revealed into that final um, moment when we're raised and we're with Jesus face to face. And there is that, there is that yet to come aspect 
of our salvation. And yet I can taste and see that the Lord is good today. Grace, mercy, hope, truth and love, forgiveness, healing, my name in the Lamb's book of life, your name, and that's now. And yet there's that to see and yet the future. And so this is why this is the problem of pain, of difficulty that can come our way from time to time. And so, you know, when uh, we struggle, uh, when we're in trouble and uh, we're perplexed with pain, God understands. Jesus confirms that trouble comes our way and Jesus understands that that trouble is, will come our way from time to time and what you might be going through right now. You know, on the cross, Jesus experienced every terror, the terror of the cross, the pain of the cross, the pain of sin for the whole universe, for every age. Jesus experienced that, identifies with you and with me and understands what it is to doubt, to be... Uh, disillusioned, to, to, to be devastated, to be damaged. He was bruised, he was broken, he was whipped, he was bereft, left by his friends, even announcing, Father, have you, where have you left me? Have you forsaken me? And uh, distraught to that point. So he identifies and understands you and he understands I. You know, so much so that the writer, C.S. Lewis, the Christian writer, wrote these words, very perceptive words about God understanding. God knows your, our situation, he said. He will not judge us as if we had no difficulties to overcome. What matters is the sincerity and perseverance of your will to overcome them. God understands, God identifies, God cares, God knows. He warns us of what is to come from time to time but, and he takes that into account in you and I. When you're disillusioned, if you doubt, you know, when you're devastated and you're, where is God? God understands how you're feeling with that right now. We have the picture in Luke chapter 15 of God the Father. The Father runs to his son. The prodigal returns. The one who's, who's spent all his money, blown it on this, that and the other, and then gets to a point where he says, I've got to get back to my father. And the father understands. He didn't just sort of say to his son in the distance, oh, look at you, you've blown all the money, and clip him around the ear when he got back. But he runs to him and loves him. And this is the picture of God for you and I. He understands your pain and wants to put his arms around you right this very moment. So, finally, there's a, a word of conquest in this verse 33. Jesus says, but take heart. He identifies that there'd be trouble, but he says this, and this is the good news for you and I, and you're watching today, but take heart. I have overcome the world, says Jesus. There'll be trouble in this world. You'll have peace in me. There'll be trouble in this world, but take heart. I have overcome this world, says Jesus. By his death and resurrection, Jesus overcomes sin, death, and the very powers of hell, every evil power. Sin is the result of, of living for self and the decay that comes in and the final sting of death. Jesus takes that and the powers of hell. You know, it says, take heart. In the East, the heart is the very center of your life. It was both head and heart, Eastern understanding. Today in the West, we, we think of the mind, we're very cerebral. But the Bible is written out of the East and re revealed from the East, as it were, and there's the idea of the heart. And so taking heart is, is your emotions, your thinking, your feeling, your being and who you are. And so there's a real sense of health and healing today with a lot of talk about our mental health, and rightly so. And here there's a, such an incredible spiritual, mental, physical, heart, thinking, uh, body, uh, spirit health here, uh, eternal health, as it were. 
And um, he says, take courage. The way in which I have defeated sin, death and hell, you can defeat sin, death and hell and every pain that you're going through. It's, it's not forever. And um, he basically saying, if I did this and I live in you, you'll experience it too. You'll experience this victory. You'll experience this conquering power. If Jesus did this at the cross and if he can live in you through repentance, and uh, then you can experience the same power of the cross too. As we uh, conclude, you know, some years later, a man called Paul, the great apostle Paul, um, wrote a letter to Roman Christians, some believers in Rome. It's called the, the letter to the Romans. And in chapter eight, he speaks of suffering and conquering. I recommend that you maybe have a moment just to read Romans chapter eight. You think about the theme of the suffering and the world broken and, and uh, the conquering power of Jesus' love and God's love for you and I. And, it, it, and he's speaking to Christians that would probably be suffering under um, the Roman rule in the city of Rome. And, uh, he said, and he understands the power of Jesus, experiencing the power of Jesus in his own life. And he says this, he said, in verse 31, read the whole chapter, I can't read it all now, but in verse 31 he says, if God is for us, who can be against us? He understands the conquering power, even though Paul uh, and the other Christians would go through great trial, great challenge, great pain, great temptation. If God is for us, who can be against us? It's a great verse that he shares there. And he's so convinced, he, he faces life's challenge, faces life's trouble, and he's convinced that Jesus is all-conquering in and through our lives. And nothing can separate us from God's love. It's a classic chapter. And then he goes on to say this in verse 37. In all these things, in all these sufferings, he's basically saying, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Now, you may feel not like a conqueror right now. You may feel awful. Life's falling around you. But in him who loved us, we can be conquerors. We are conquerors. And uh, how incredible is that? No wonder Jesus says, but take heart. Um, the idea there is in the midst of a storm, what's going on outside of you can, can change what's going on. You can change what's going on outside of you by changing what's going on inside of you. Take heart, he says. Um, take courage. And the, the word to encourage is to put courage in. And Jesus is encouraging his disciples. He's putting courage into their hearts, into their minds, into their spirits. And so too with for you this morning, I pray that you will be encouraged that you know maybe ring someone up and text someone speak to someone um you know pop a car through somebody's door and put courage into another person's life with some of these words this morning you know during chaos we can be confident confident in him and as we look to him we'll be able to face our issues and our problems god bless you thank you so much for listening this morning and we'll be praying together thank you